0: i am unashamed what about you
1: so uh duck season is officially over but uh i I, we did i did notice that we had the uh jay has the veterans hunt and uh, by the time this airs they will have done it but uh i think that's a really cool thing that um I don't know, is it a state thing? Does every state? Know, I'm not sure if every state does that. Oh, yeah. uh, every a state club. does. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. They finally got that one. By right. the way, for some reason, maybe it was uh, a God thing, but uh, when the Army showed up, the Army guys, Army, Marine Corps, Navy, they all came and they all went to the duck blind, and, and it's a week after regular duck season ends, and the ducks came forth from the heavens, And just last year, last year, last year, last year. And they just descended upon the armed forces of the United States. And I will say (laughs) Stone was telling me about it. He said, you line up about seven or eight men across the shooting porch. And when the ducks came in, whoa, 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 these guys were used, <laughs> they were, ready. To, they were used to whacking them <laughs> and stacking them. He said, but I've never seen carnage like that. Well, the ducks thought it was <laughs> over. We've already it was said over, they can yeah.
2: tell time, so and, they said, and, yeah, if
0: it's over, then whoops. And the U.S. Army and Marine Corps said, not yet. And, I mean, here they go. <laughs> so it's a great thing for to them him. to relax, you know, and they're, they're not being shot at. And they're, they're, they're shooting a lot of stuff shells so it's a pretty good deal for the arm forces. I, I really like it. no that.
2: they got that right i mean because look these guys have risked their life and oh. for our freedom and give them a weekend uh, to go hunting after the ducks have been undisturbed who for a was week. The,
0: the marine that came had uh, 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 both of his legs blown off he he hunted with us yeah and-
1: jutt joey jones joey yeah, Johnny, a, joey joey, jones.
0: joey came up in these elevated duck blinds i mean it was amazing to watch how he moved around and uh
1: he's a pretty incredible person i gave him know. some
0: encouraging words that's just two that won't get won't get cold my man two legs that won't get cold well,
1: <laughs> and you know what's interesting about joey is that he you know he lost his legs he's a bomb technician and but he has the best attitude of Yep, agree. Anybody I know. Yep. In other words, he is positive about life, you know, and you see him a lot on Fox News, but he's just a super dude. And he uh, is. Matt Lider brings his crew up every year. They're the Nine Lines guys, and uh, they built their whole business so a veteran business, kind of like Black Rifle Coffee. So, I mean, you know, look, we we love being able to support, to oh, like yeah. Jay said, pe- people that have served our country, and so I'm excited that the 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 governor r- recognized that and allows these guys to have that special hunt so uh that's a neat thing and then they also have a youth hunt right jace where they yeah. do there's one i think yeah. that's before season where you get a just the youth gets an opportunity and that's kind of keeping generations of hunting going yeah. which is a good idea
2: yeah it's it's great
1: so we uh we are left off in uh 1 Corinthians 8 um the last time that we were on the podcast And, uh, is, you know, Paul is kind of entering in this, uh, this next three chapters are about idolatry, but the different ways in which it affected the church. And so we started off with this particular one, which was about the people that were eating the meat and some people who didn't really know and understand, um, you know, what they had in Christ, you know, they were having issues with, Can we eat this is against our conscience It's taking us back into idolatry. And so he's making this point as he starts off this whole section talking about it, that, you know, you have to know what, you know, Uh, not to sound like Donald Rumsfeld, but you have to know the ultimate uh, truth about Christ to not then be fearful and, and that's kind of was the, you know, the gist of what we talked about last time. There were a couple of things, Jace, we didn't get to, which I thought was really interesting because we left off in verse seven because he says, not everyone knows this, which is the whole point talking about, you know, that we serve Christ. So idols really don't mean anything anyway. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat such food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to an idol and since their conscience is weak It is defiled, but food does not bring us nearer to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. And it kind of reminds me of that verse where Paul said, you know, the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. I think that was back in Romans 14. Um, So so it's that concept that it really shouldn't matter as as much as it matters. But I thought we might begin today by going back and taking a look at Acts 17, because to me you know paul really starts out this whole idea of addressing this concept with the greeks you remember when he was on mars hill and we we studied acts and we talked about that that great sermon that he preached you know on, on mars hill uh, to the the stoics and the epicureans and you know, all these famous you know philosophers the of brains. the day but yeah Let's see uh Where is that? Act 17. Yeah. And, uh, but, but it's interesting. The reason I want to go back there, Jace, is he starts out by saying men of Athens verse 22. Um, I I can see that you're very religious, you know, which was kind of, I thought interesting. It's almost like it's tongue in cheek, you know, like you got a lot of gods around here, you know, so you're religious people for, as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Now what you worship is something unknown. I'm going to proclaim to you. What a way to start a sermon. Oh, that's a good one. So I thought it was interesting that even back then in Athens, before he ever gets to Corinth, he has this idea that they had an affinity to the unknown. And he says, I want to make it known to you. Right. And so I think you could say that was safe with anybody like that doesn't really know. But then there's something about in all of us that says, you know, but I want to know. And and that's kind of the what propels him to then start sharing the gospel with him. But I, I just found that fascinating because when he gets to Corinth, this whole thing is about you don't know, you don't know, you don't understand. I'm trying to give you something better. But his whole philosophy has been the ultimate mystery of, of the one who created us, people yearn and want that. And so how do we make that known to them? And so, I mean, I I guess that's just a jumping off place for any time we're talking about who God is, is you'll, you'll get into all these things that you don't know, but if you know that, then you know enough to get you started.
0: Yeah. Not a lot of people, uh, then, and now, uh, you say, but it's the same mindset that when he spoke to all these brains. uh, When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, his final words were, he has set a day, God has, when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He's speaking of Jesus. He's given proof of this to all men by raising up the dead. Al, how much, how much has changed? When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, instead of saying, yippee, there's a way off planet Earth alive, some of them sneered. They were like, ah, what's this, what this babbler talking about? I mean, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council and a few men you say sometimes you know when you when you plant the seed you never know where it's going but the sneering it was there then al and it's still here you know somebody looking at me hollering about jesus or you there's a little sneering from time to time you agree Oh, get that bible out of my britches well some became followers of paul and believed and he named off a couple of them, also a woman named Damaris, a few guys. So he, he didn't harvest a great number, but he did plant the seed and won a few over. And the preaching of Jesus is still is still there to this day, all the way over to us, the islands, all the way over to us in the new world. and uh, And Jesus still is being preached. And some are sneering to this day because they don't think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. And some are, are some are embracing him. It's uh, quite the story, Al. Well, what I was going to say is, is. Uh, you know, most time when people read
2: something like First Corinthians eight, they just think, "Well, this doesn't apply," because you know, when I went over to Greece and looked and just read about their history, I mean, this is you just think of all the knowledge and the movies we've gotten from Greek history and the Greek gods and all these different gods that they just made up. Oh yeah. The God of thunder and light and whatever, you know, you just, I don't know the top 10 Greek gods because they just made Zeus was there. I think. Yeah. They just made them up, but I read an article not too long ago about modern day, idolatry and just they had a list and I'll give them to you and just to just to see but because now in our culture basically what fascinated me about this was it was more like what we read in James 3 where it talked about the two wisdoms from heaven whether you get your identity from God or whether you just do it for yourself And really, that's what it seems like has changed now. I mean, number 10 was fame, which they talked about. Now, the the biggest thing people are looking for as far as a job is just to become famous on the internet. Yeah. I mean, that is your job. You just promote yourself, and that's all you think about. And hopefully, you get, if you do something quirky enough and it goes viral, you'll make a lot of money. You know, which it, it becomes an idol, which is something that you when you th- try to define idolatry, it's something that you elevate to a godlike position in your life. Uh, so they had fame they that uh, and I'm going from 10 to 1 information, which it goes in with what we're talking about. I mean, information has pretty much become a god i mean how many times do you hear let's just see what the data says because
0: information now is instant
2: yeah well you have a all the information of the world in one place the world wide web then phones but
1: you know what's funny though jays but back before you leave information what's funny about that is say it like data like it's all yeah everybody can understand this but then everybody starts giving their interpretation of what the data means, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and then we got you know this guy's misinformation and this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And not so not to, you know you're it is an idol, but it's a shaky idol, you know. And
2: not to say all these things can't be used for the good.
1: No, that's right. Yeah, and
2: it because the you know the next one's phone slash technology because they think well that can fix anything if you get if you become famous and you get data unlimited amount of data and you have te- technology you know the then the next one why was. B- why would i need god <laughs> well exactly
1: but, but jace that was so you're saying that was number eight was phone and technology yeah it wasn't number one you'll see how it goes i mean that but that's they, shocking to me because i'd say that's the biggest idol in our culture <laughs> is those stupid phone well When you get Uh, to number one, that's why I knock on wood. I say,
0: well, I don't own one
1: yet. But I think this
2: was pretty clever because all these things you're going to see funnels toward the exaltation of yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going ahead and giving you number one, which is your personal identity. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that is the God. But, oh, wow. So, number seven. Well, right. And I really believe that. I mean, I think this is the way people function in yeah, I think you're right. the largest herd. Number seven is comfort, and you said, "Well, how can comfort be an idol?" People don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean that that becomes the god. We don't want to go through difficulty and challenges. And but like we said last podcast. A lot of that contributed to gave God the right platform for us to be launched by him and his power to do his work. Uh, number six is, is, this never changes, sex, they had, which no matter what happens in life, I'm sure that's always going to be in the top ten of idols. You yeah.
1: have to You're have right. the boobs,
0: Jase. The boobs have to be
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> Number hey, five. Get, get, hang Weed. on, James. Look let's... at me. Look at my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> hang on. Let's take a break. So one of our sponsors, American Home Shield, uh, one thing I like about them is that they've been around a long time. They've been uh, in business for over 50 years, and they help protect your household budget uh, when things go out, I mean, the, they're going to provide a way to be able to replace things. And, you know, sometimes a, a big item, you know, a, a dryer, your air conditioner, something happens, you know, it's hard to be able to have the money to afford to pay for that to be fixed. And that's what these guys do. Uh, if they can't repair a covered item, they'll replace it. Service fees, limitations, exclusion apply. But these guys are really good to help with these things. And what they're doing is they're offering $50 off their most comprehensive plan If you check these guys out now, you go to, it's called American Home Shield, and you go to ahs.com slash fill. You're going to save $50 off your initial uh, sign-up. It's ahs.com slash fill, $50 off any plan. Uh, Service fees, limitations, exclusions do apply, but you see the plan for details. American Home Shield, be sure with the shield. I feel you're dad, you, got
2: the,
1: you got the super bowl coming dad There's gonna be a lot of boobs oh, super well, bowl.
2: listen to this i knew you were gonna do this because number five is entertainment and number four is physical appearance oh so there you go. go uh number three i feel like we need a uh drum roll status or i think this comes from the same thing on what you do like when you introduce yourself you know what do you do and very few times people say, you know, "I live for Jesus." I mean, they usually say, "I'm a plumber," "I'm a pilot," "I'm a," because that that is what you become, which is leading us to number plus, one. Plus,
1: plus, Chase, another one on the status in our current culture would be how many followers you have on Instagram. Um, Why well, exactly? You know, how many likes you got on a certain tweet or post? I mean, that's that's a status now. You mentioned the young people; they call them influencers. There. They, 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 they make a living. I mean, they make some of millions of dollars off of yep. just taking yep. pictures of themselves on the internet. Yep. Number
2: two, money, material things, and number one, like I said, is identity. And my only point to go through all that was to say whether you make up a god in, in the Greek culture, or you make up of a bunch of gods. I mean, I got this idea to look that up when he said in verse five for even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords. And the point he was making is that no matter if you invent one, if you think of one, those things I just read are all going to, come out of that that that's the temptation of that cuz we individually going back to that James 3 where you have envy and selfish ambition there you find disorder James 3:16 you find disorder in every evil practice you're just we're looking at this that's why I keep bringing up this fact he continually called Jesus as their lord and he's making a point there's one lord and we don't want to relinquish our own selfish desires and wants and that really
0: in all these situations becomes the big question you know he, he mentions he has the right as an apostle who serves as a soldier at his own expense nine seven uh, who plants a vineyard does not eat of the grapes who tends a flock does not drink of the milk Do I say this merely from a human point of view? Doesn't the law say the same thing? Don't muzzle the ox while treading out the grain, you know. He mentions something else too, by the way. He said, though I'm free and belong to no man in verse, uh, what is that, 16? uh, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew. To win the Jews, to those under the law, became like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To, he goes around to the weak I became weak to win the weak. I've become all things to all men, what a lifestyle, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. What a read on how a fellow would uh, conduct himself in the middle of a very, very sinful place. I'll, yeah. And I think uh, but not,
1: not much has changed. We'll uh, we'll definitely dive into that on the next podcast because I, I see chapter nine is, is I call it the big illustration. You know, when Paul makes a, any of his letters, when he makes a point about anything, he usually comes back with a really powerful illustration. And I've noticed in Corinthians it's, it's yep. usually including himself, uh, which is what he's going to do when he gets there. But but back to that to the concept well, of of what what that leads to, I think the idea is is when you understand who God is, then all the things like you mentioned, Jace, on that list and it could be from any culture. That that was a pretty good encapsulating of our culture about what serves as idols mm-hmm. in, in our current culture. But it's it's interesting because some of those cross over time. I mean, many of those things you mentioned are included in what was happening two thousand oh. years ago.
2: Yeah, yep. I, I was going to make this illustration. So because a lot of people say, well, it's different now than it was then. Well, when you read Paul's letter to the Ephesians, based on what I just read and, and doing the, the top 10 in Ephesians five, he's has the same thrust. He He's saying, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, which goes back to that plan that he was trying to share with the Corinthians. God had a plan. He made sons and daughters, and he wants to live with a forever family forever. That is the plan. You're you're created male and female for what reason to become because you were made sons and daughters of God. He sent Jesus to bring his sons and daughters back. So he starts with the same theme and live a life of love. Same point that he's given them it's knowledge puffs up, but love builds up just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Grace is the foundation that we launch our behavior, you know, because he forgave us. We live this life of love because he loved us. So then he gets into this, but he says, but among you, there must not be. Now here he says, even a, hint of sex immorality i remember the first time i ever read that i thought "Ooh, that's gonna be difficult i mean not even a hint yeah <laughs> and which i think is interesting in the context first corinthians 8 because here he's saying even something you have the freedom to do which is eat eat this meat, I don't even want you to do that because you love your, your brother in some circumstances, you know, which seems like, I mean, good grief as hard it, 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 as it is to do what's right. Now you're telling me, I can do this, but prob- you, you probably even shouldn't. So you start feeling like pressure here, but watch what he says. A hint of sexual morality or of any kind of impurity or of greed so now you're look, we're getting back into these top 10 things again. because money was like three, sex was like six, any kind of impurity, which is anything you're sacrificing your morals for to be comfortable or et cetera. Nor should there be obscenity or foolish talk or coarse joking, which all these things are done so people, will find us, you know, famous or have some viral thing that's going that promotes ourselves, or we want to be funny or which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. And I read all this to get to this verse five for this. You can be sure no immoral, impure or greedy person. And then it has this little attachment. Such a man as an idolater. Has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ? I mean, uh, the kingdom of Christ. Christ of and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Well, you remember the deal about information and data. They have the information. He's just saying it's empty. Yep. There's nothing to it. Uh, because of such things, God's wrath comes on them. So don't be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, and then He gives to the better things. We should be pursuing the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And I love this verse 10 and find out what pleases the Lord. That's the information you need to be pursuing. So I just, I thought it was interesting that here you would never think Ephesians five is about idolatry. And all of a sudden in first Corinthians eight, you read that and you're like, well, we don't have idols anymore. It's basically whatever concept you come up with to replace God that becomes a launching pad for you to pursue
0: those qualities that are wrapped around self-absorption. You've just described the United States of America and other empires. Well, he did. I just read it. But yeah, I agree. Uh,
2: By reading that. (laughs) I just Don't you think that's weird how he slipped when he said such a man is an idolater? It's, it's where you take godly principles and you don't necessarily throw it out. You just change it a little bit. Because, you know, when you think about the hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of greed, it's like where people will try to come up with a scheme where they can do something selfishly right under God's nose.
0: They got a name for them, change agents. Yeah. Change agents.
2: Well, it's like where you're manipulating. You know, one, he's being, in 1 Corinthians, he's being real clear and blunt about the relationships. And Ephesians 5, it's where like, I mean, you're saying, well, I'm not. I didn't have sex with her. But you were trying to come up with a situation to justify having the hint of it, doing things that are going to lead down a road that's, that's not good, and you've somehow or another justified it by changing the nature of God. You're not trying to find out what's pleasing the Lord. You're trying to find a way to please yourself and then
0: justify it. From grade school to high school to the college, the institutions of higher learning, all those things, you can mention anything, Jess. You can te- teach about anything, but one thing. You do not mention the God of heaven, Jesus, his son, and the Mm -hmm. spirit. You do not mention that, it's not allowed. In any schools, we've been at that for about 60 years. And what are the results? You tell me, you're looking (laughs) at the same culture I am. (laughs) Hang
1: on, let's take a break. No, I think you're exactly right, Dad. And you know what's interesting is that's happened in a fairly short amount of time in our culture because amazingly short. All the Ivy League schools, the big ones, Harvard, Yale, all of them, they were schools of preaching, just like that's what right. Jason and I went to. I mean, they started Bible out Bible
0: verses on the gates, on the gates going in, all the Bible verses. So you go there now, there's no Bible verses anymore.
1: I mean, they were just teaching. Jargon. They were teaching math and science and things that, you know, from that era uh, that they would teach today. But I mean, the primary thing was to train people to preach and preach the word. Mm -hmm. So look at how that changed from what to dad's point that not only have they changed their focus of what you learn there, but then you can't even talk about God. There's no safe space for God on on most of these college campuses, which is incredible, that, and of course it. that's that's even gone down further. But Jason, I thought it was interesting. Well, my that, point was Al, but
2: but my point was don't. I mean, you you come up with idols just so you can excuse the way you live. Yep. I mean that that was my only point is that the things that come from that are are justified because of what the information you believe i mean you come up with an idol and it's like well because you just look at what they were doing i mean they're whether it was sacrificing animals to some made-up idol or the it back in their day they actually would have you know what they call those torah poles or whatever and their idol they would say you know, this belief system says that we are to have sex as a sacrifice to this idol under this pole. Yep. I mean, it's just like, what? Why'd they come up with that? Well, it's just a way to justify having uh, that's sex. That's
0: still here, Jace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: You see what I'm getting at? Yeah. And so even though that is deplorable, in this case, that's why these issues came up, because they're like... Well, is it wrong to eat a hamburger that because of some cow was sacrificed to something to justify the way they live? This is how far they were going down this rabbit hole. And Paul's trying to pull them back and say, look, this ain't about you and what you get to do every day. And like when he said to the you need to find out what pleases the Lord, you get up and say what? what does the Lord want me to do today? And tr- instead of trying to come up with some scheme on how I can do something that's contrary to what we know God wishes for us, you know?
1: But if you think I about it, it's just pretty incredible. If you think about me. it though, it's really a lot of it too, you're right. I think, I think a lot of things are constructed to therefore then modify how we live. But sometimes it's because people need something to believe in. You know, now we've all lived long enough to where we're watching about every ten to twenty years a wave will come across our culture that draws to it's and it's like a religious wave, it but it draws people in. It could be climate change. There there are people that worship this concept of that, you know, Mother Earth is is in trouble. And we got to do something to, to save it. And it's like it's a belief system. I mean, and then they have their profits. They have their people they listen to. They give their money to it. They're dedicated to the cause. And you could do the same thing with social justice. You know, we just saw that. That's the, the newest one. And everything in their lives become about serving that concept. And so I think there's just I think it's the homing beacon that's in every one of us. The, to seek out and search yeah. something bigger than ourselves to believe in. But when it's not the God of heaven and earth, then that's when you get into these crazy things that we're seeing everywhere.
2: Well, you, but you think about first John, I mean, here's my point. First John, I don't know if there's a better book that describes the relationship and the personal aspect that we have in Christ. He's our mediator. we, We confess our sins to him and he forgives us. And, you know, we read last time, uh, Phil read the first John four about acknowledging Jesus as as Christ and those who don't, you know, it's antichrist. You have that first John two and three that talks about we're the children of God and 3 2 says, We are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But when we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope purifies Himself just as He is pure. So it's like we get our motivation from this relationship and we believe he's mediating for us at the right hand of God, almost like a lawyer. And he's coming back. He's going to transform us. Then he gets into 414. I'll share with you what, why I'm doing this in just a second. And he's like, we, he has given us his spirit. We live in him. He lives in us. Even in verse uh, after he says, God is love. And he said, this is love for God. Not that you love him. That was in chapter three. But he loved us. So it's all this is awesome. And the last verse of the entire book, he throws in 1 John five twenty one, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. You, you want to, it's like there's one little verse at the end is like, don't screw up this relationship that you have and the hope that you have and the launching pad for purity in your life. And he just said, it's all about what you experience in Christ and the hope that you have. And then he's like, stay away from models because that's what will disrupt that relationship yep. and your confidence in Christ. Good point. You change him, you know. I just found that always fascinating that he didn't go through a long thing about idolatry. In fact, he says in verse 20, the verse before, we know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true. Even in his Son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God in eternal life. So you'd think that would be the way to end it. Then he says, dear children, keep yourselves in <laughs> <honest. clears throat> yep Don't change God. You're the, you're the one that he changes. When you try to change him, bad things happen in societies and in your life. No, I agree. Yep. I, Cultures
1: collapse. I agree let us take a break. And Jace, I think that that takes you back to in Acts 17. Remember when he started telling that sermon on the, on the Mars Hill, he said, the God who made in verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples made by built by hands. In fact, he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. And so when you think about it, if he's created us and, and therefore he says in verse 29, we are his offspring. We should not think the divine being is gold, like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design or skill. So really it's so impractical to be an idolater anyway. If you have any understanding of who God is and how big he is, how could you take him and condense him down to something you look at, something you bow down to, or even, as we talked about earlier, something that makes you, um, you know, yourself an idol. I mean, it it really is. It doesn't make any practical sense, and yet it seems to be so prevalent that he keeps warning about it over and over and over again.
2: Well, right. That's why I brought up the Ephesians 5, because people say, well, I may do a lot of things, but I don't bow down to idols. Well, when you're trying to when you're trying to justify sexual immorality, that's why he said there shouldn't even be a hint. That's when you start flirting with idolatry. Because you're trying to figure out a way of how to do something wrong that you know is wrong, but you don't want to just come on out and do it because then your conscience will convict you. So you're like, let me just come up. Now, I think I can do this. But it's just the wrong way to be looking at this. That that you know, when I have a share Jesus with somebody and somebody says, "Well, just tell me what I can what I can do and can't do," I'm like, "Nope, you've missed it. You've surrendered to the Lord. You need to find out on a daily basis how the Lord can use you, you know, to fulfill His plan and His purpose through His power, and not try to figure out like you're taking some course and and, and just I'm going to do the least amount possible so that he'll save me in the end, but I can still be as comfortable as possible and live like I want to. Yep. But it's, yep. It's
0: a mess.
1: Yeah. That's the contrast and it's kind of that idea, Jace that if you, it, there's one, there's one thing about knowing that, or, or maybe hoping that there's some bigger entity out there that you know, maybe there is a being that created everything and then loving him and, dedicating your life to him. And that's what we're talking about is the difference. I mean, if I, if I not only believe that God is who he is, but I love him and I'm like, whatever you have for me to do to serve you, that's what I'm going to do. And realize that that's not set up in a place somewhere that's, you know, that's anywhere that's everywhere. That's 24 Mm seven. I mean, that changes you. I mean, that, that changes the way you look at life, the way you function, the way you look at relationships. It, It keeps you from focusing on yourself which you're always going to fall short when you do that. So I think you're right. I mean, I I think that's why it's such a, you know, so so easy for people to fall into this trap.
2: Well, that's why I like you bringing up Acts 17 and 18, because that kind of gives you the background for the whole letter to the Corinthians. And you see that he was, he was preaching, because we were on the same page with that, Exactly what the problem was. I mean, they were just trying to come up with images, and you know, similar to what's addressed in Romans 1 when he's like, you're worshiping and serving created things rather than the Creator. I mean, what a bumper sticker definition of idolatry. You're creating things instead of ultimately finding the creator and, yeah, and, and i think really again i think people
1: to. that that really don't submit they they have that need to be able to do that which is why you mentioned romans i mean it's the same he was going through the same thing with them romans 14 he had a similar chapter to what we're dealing with here in first in corinthians 8 and how do you deal with your brothers and sisters who who aren't who haven't come along as far as you in terms of maturity to understand that just, you know, they could, they shouldn't have the mind. They shouldn't even be worried about this. They should be looking at it like, Oh, this is crazy. I mean, there aren't, there's no such thing as idol. So someone sacrifices meat winds up at the meat market and I eat it. That makes no difference, but they mm-hmm. did have that problem. You know, they, they did still struggle with that. So it becomes that deal about how do we yeah. deal with it?
2: Well, that's the, the, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. When you, when you, change God, you and that's called idolatry. It's because you don't want to change based on Correct. who the creator Correct. is. God doesn't change.
1: Yep.
2: You know, that verse Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well that verse just sent me up on about a 10 year journey <laughs> to right. figure out what that's in right. the world does that mean? <laughs> But I realized that once you acknowledge that in the eternal nature of who God is and that all his qualities are pure and are unchangeable, you know, that Hebrew six where His, it's impossible for his nature to change, which also includes that he cannot lie. Just think about it. When that Hebrew six says it's impossible for God to lie, if you were going to take knowledge and information You need to be getting it from a being that it's impossible for him to lie. That's the problem I have with trusting science because science came from scientists or any kind of information. I'm like, all people make mistakes. So if I go all in on whatever information, I can look at it. I can I can view it. But if you go all in on that and humans came up with it, there is a chance that they're wrong or that they're lying. So that's why I love that when you brought up the act 17, because he says in 29, which is the same theme he's promoting at the church in Corinth, we're God's offspring. We shouldn't think that he is like an image by man's design and skill, because that would be a created thing. Then he says in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people to do what for them to change. To repent That's what repentance means, to make a, a decision to change. So we're the ones that do the changing and the conforming
0: and the surrendering based on who he is. You know what the, you know what the kicker is in all of this? Speaking of 1 John, this is love that we loved, not that, that we love God, but that he loved us, sent his son as a atoning sacrifice for our sins. <laughs> Dear friend, since God so loved us, we also are to love one another. The kicker in all this, Al, is, is profound. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. He ends it up by saying, anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen, and I mean, it's hatred gone amuck all in the United States of America. Anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So he's given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. I mentioned somewhere earlier, uh, we have a love deficit among the people of the United States, each other. We quit loving one another years ago, and now it's full-blown, and we're reaping what we have sown. If there's no love there, I remember being raised in the 40s and 50s. I was born in 46, and I watched all this unfold and have seen it in my lifetime, how things have changed on one simple little thing, love God and love your neighbor. But I've never seen God. Only, only what we I'll see seen in anyone.
1: his revelation. Let's take our last break.
0: You see the impact he's had, and it's all good. But you say, boy, it's it's a, it's a tough sale." loving God and loving each other. Jase,
1: you remember that dad just read that verse. Do you remember who used to quote that all the time to us? When we were fighting. Yeah,
0: our grandma. Yeah. but she would
2: she would do it because of the physical. <laughs> we would be fighting every time we had a fight. She'd say, I mean, how are you gonna love God? You know, how are you gonna me, love your I brothers? Say,
1: you can't love your brother. That's right. She quoted yeah. that verse constantly, trying to get to shape our behavior. But you know, it's funny. I, I can still hear that. It's a profound verse. It is a profound verse. Yeah, it really. And is. really, and, and and he's invisible. In our last few minutes, I'll read this last section of the First Corinthians eight because it goes to what you just said that in verse nine out of all this Paul says be careful however that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak for if anyone with a weak conscience sees that you have this knowledge eating in an idol's uh, an idol's temple won't he be emboldened to eat what has been sacrificed to idols so this weak brother for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge when you sin against your brother in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. That's pretty bold. Therefore, he says, yep. if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I'll never eat meat again so that I will not cause him uh, to fall. So, I, I, yep. And Al, that was my whole point about,
2: about love never destroys. But knowledge can. You can use knowledge to destroy somebody. Oh, very much so. Whether it's true or not. That's right. But, I mean, I think that's the fundamental principle he's here. Even though you have freedom and we can exercise that and you say, well, who cares about him? I'm doing right. No, that that's not what he's saying. We're to love everybody, even if we have to sacrifice something that we could actually do. That was legal and right. Yep.
1: I mean, I think think it also shows you that the powerful part about being a part of the community of Christ in the body of Christ is that we should always be looking on what helps other people, what builds other people up, what, you know, brings people peace, not chaos. You know, we mentioned earlier about all these different idolatry ideas and ideologies that go on. And you notice most of them, the thing they have in common is they bring chaos they bring destruction. They bring violence. They bring I yep. mean, all those things are results yep. of what happens when you don't have the right focus. And I think here in this context, you're saying that what it should be yep. is bringing people that which is good and, and makes them feel better about themselves, not worse.
2: Yeah. Well, I think, too, when you're acknowledging that God knows us, like he said in 8.3, then that should spurn us to study hard so we know exactly you know we can make informed decisions on some of these things that are tough situations and also think that we should use other brothers and sisters who are more mature in the faith to get what they think in certain situations but you're never going to do all that unless you have a humble spirit it reminds me of that uh you know, that story, of preacher story or whatever about a kid who was scared. He was having nightmares, you know, and he's hollering as his parents came up there and they said, well, let's pray about it. And he was like, well, I would kind of prefer somebody <laughs> with some skin <laughs> to help me out here, you know, because <laughs> he was like, I mean, a little kid is like, what's that praying to some uh, Something I can't see. I, I really think there's a monster in my closet here. I mean. And I say that to say, I think God realized that we were going to be like that. And so that's why he became somebody with skin, Jesus, that we could actually read on what God is like. And the greatest thing about Jesus is he could make those statements. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? I mean, you just think he got everything right. In every situation. Well, you just absorbing yourself with his life just through reading the Gospels. It really does get your focus and attention off yourself and
0: see how you should react in certain situations when it comes to loving people. I love what the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.15. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience, which you brought up as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the King Eternal, check this out, Immortal, Invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Pretty amazing. No one's ever seen him. I've never yeah. seen him. Have you, Jase?
2: Only in the red letters that I read. Yep. It's when it said, "John one seventeen no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only Son.'
1: Has you know, made him know. I like that. Known. God, Jesus is God with skin. Here on, we are. You know, and and what he does is, to your point, Jace, is he takes away fear. Um, you know, everything you saw in the Old Testament, it was everything was fearful. Uh, even even those that believed in Yahweh, they were still full of fear. Uh, they were afraid to even be near.
0: That original little, sp- yeah, Moses gave a little speech. He said, they said, don't let him yeah. speak again because we're all dead. He said, oh, he's just doing that to <laughs> that's keep right. us from sinning.
1: <laughs> no, that's right. But and Jesus says, work. fear not, which is powerful. <laughs> all right, we're out of time. We're out of time. But we're going to have uh, our yep. unashamed overtime coming up. This is your last chance. Uh, to get $15 off the one-year subscription, today's your last opportunity. So go to blazetv.com slash unashamed. Use the code more unashamed. Get that $15 off, get signed up, and you can listen to our overtime segment. So check it out. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes.